You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last time, we hope. We're full bore into the offseason now, of course. Uh, we had the schedule release earlier this week, uh, so we'll talk about another division, the AFC West this time. Arguably, we, we're doing the two best divisions first, AFC West and uh, NFC West in our previous show. Talk about some uh, favorite day three picks. Uh, as I mentioned, the schedule was released, and then, but first... Over the weekend, there was, I don't want to say cryptic, but you know, just kind of a, a, an odd tweet. Sunday Night Football in America, Drew Brees was part of that, and he also did games for you know Notre Dame on Saturdays. And just kind of abruptly, after one year, he's leaving NBC, and I don't know if he's seeing what's happening with the Saints and so forth, and just kind of like cryptically said, you know, oh, geez, you know, I wish I could come back and play again, or, or maybe I'll do this, or maybe I will play, or, you know, I'll, I'll play professional pickleball, or I'll join, you know, the, the Seniors Golf Tour. So, Alex, I know you were interested in this. Maybe you posed the idea, hey, maybe he comes back and plays. What are your thoughts? Tom Brady came out of retirement, so why not Drew Brees? It would be interesting if he goes to, like, the Carolina Panthers. I don't think he'll do it to the Saints, but, I mean, that would be interesting. That's one of the teams that's really desperate for a signal caller, and I feel like the Carolina Panthers, I mean, they have a good enough team where Drew Brees can come in and help them. I mean, like a ready-made, you know, guy, and they don't need him to throw deep, and he can... You know, dink and dunk, short, intermediate passes. Yeah, I'd love to see it happen because it it is kind of weird that, you know, Drew Brees was also doing the Notre Dame games for the NBC and now he's out completely. It's weird timing, but I think there's something to this. And, you know, I'm sure he's got this itch. I mean, you've seen Brady do it. And why not Drew Brees have another go around but I don't think he would go to the Carolina Panthers I started thinking about who's another team that might be interested in him that is desperate for a quarterback and I couldn't find one you know I guess you look at the teams I mean the 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 same cast of characters I mean Carolina obviously is one uh Seattle perhaps uh, there's probably a handful of teams that rust and all, he's probably better than what they have. Now, does he really, is he really going to be in shape to play? Uh, is the shoulder, you know, is everything healed properly enough? I mean, again, at this age, sitting out an entire year is much different than if he was a younger man. Or, I mean, obviously Brady, you know, walked away for 20 minutes, it seemed like. So I don't know that we can compare the two. Really, the Notre Dame games was the key because to me, it never seemed like he was an in-studio guy. I think, you know, doing games is really where he would bring his expertise. And now in this day and age of announcer, analyst, free agency is what it seems like this past year. There's so many guys moving around and, and getting, you know, money that was never thrown around before, at least not publicly. Maybe this is posturing. You know, Fox, you know, still has a couple of openings. You know, Greg Olson might be doing the game, might be the uh, analyst in waiting until Brady finally shows up. But, you know, maybe this is a little bit of posturing. There's really no games for him to do at NBC. You know, you've got 
you know, Tariqo and Collinsworth. They're not going to squeeze him in as a third. Maybe Notre Dame wasn't on me. He just wants to stick with NFL games. So maybe it's more of, hey, you know, I'm a free agent. Sean Payton's out here too. He's a free agent as well. Where is Sean Payton going to end up? Where is he calling games at? Uh, is it going to be, you know, with Fox? But, you know, a lot of money being thrown around. So these guys, I think, just making it known, hey, I'm a free agent. I've got all these different options. But as far as playing, yeah, I would have to believe that he would still, in this physical state, still be a better option in Seattle, in Carolina. As far as other teams starting who knows what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We'll get into that when we start talking about these uh, the schedule release. I don't see him playing. Let's leave it at that and uh, let's move on. As far as the, the schedule goes, I mean, a lot of big-time matchups. I mean, and we look at now, and we've talked about it in previous shows, about just this age of great quarterbacks. And it just seems like there's more than ever, you know, at the top, you know, still teams, you know, below the top 15 or so quarterbacks that are still jockeying for position, trying to figure out what they're going to do. But at the top, you've got some amazing matchups. And the one thing that struck me, a couple of things is one, the NFL sees what we see is that the AFC West is just going to be crazy. So you've got three teams that have five primetime matchups, and the fourth team has four. So, And that's the most appearances by any one division in primetime events, I think, ever. I don't know for a fact. The number just seems like way higher than we've ever seen before. So I think the league also is betting big on uh, Russell Wilson to Denver because they've got a ton of primetime matchups and they really they haven't been that good lately. They, they haven't had those big-time moments on primetime TV, but Denver is a huge brand in the NFL. They're for sale right now, so that's kind of a sexy thing. Who's going to buy them? I think they're making a big bet on Russ. I would think it's a good bet, right? You know, many people expect the Denver Broncos to be in the playoffs, and hey, Russell Wilson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So obviously you're going to put your money on, you know, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. I mean, who else are you going to go with? So I love that. I mean, the fact that Russ is going to play against Seattle, that's as awesome as it gets. Week one, right out of the gate. The NFL, not screwing around, you know. I mean, the, the irony isn't lost. And maybe it's kind of a thing where you don't know what Seattle is going to be. And you'd rather get to them sooner than later. Because if they really crap the bed and look like just a really bad team and the quarterback situation is awful, you don't want that matchup, like, you know, midway through the season or late in the season. I like that they that they kind of move these chess pieces around. Hey, the NFL always knows how to make a, a grand entrance. Right now we're in the midst of NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. But like you told me off air, Lou, I mean, the NFL is still king coming out with the schedule and people care about this. I would much rather care about, you know, watching the NBA playoffs because we're close to you know eastern conference you know western conference championship but hey people are talking about the nfl that's the brilliance of roger goodell and that pr machine 
the NFL is king, man. I mean, they're reading when games are being played like three or four months away, and they're getting ratings as, as good as some playoff games in other sports. The other thing that's not lost is the fact that Cleveland only got two primetime games. Now, not that they're this huge brand, and they've had you know their tough times, but they've obviously been a pretty good team let alone all the Baker drama, but now they've signed Deshaun Watson. I think maybe they're telling you a little bit here, like, hey, we don't know what's going to happen, or maybe they do know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. They've had some meetings this week about his future. There's little you know, tidbits and breadcrumbs coming out, maybe a, a two- or three-game suspension or four-game suspension for now, and then they'll revisit when the cases get settled. But 22 cases, if they're going to go one by one, one by one, and he's not going to settle them. This may, may go on for a while, but it's, in terms of the schedule, it just tells you that hey, we're not going to go on a limb here because we don't, you know, with Jacoby Brissett, or by God, if by some crazy miracle Baker Mayfield comes back in the fold because you know they don't know what to do with him or nobody will take him off their hands. But just the fact that they only got two. And a team like Denver, they bring in a new quarterback, but, you know, there's no controversy there. They get five, plus, you know, those four o'clock matchups that Fox and CBS, they really don't have primetime games, so they have to hold back, you know, I mean, they pay a lot of money to the NFL, too, so they, they want to keep some of these four o'clock matchups as well. The Lions, no primetime games. They just get their Thanksgiving game. Do you think that's a little bit more than a message, right? That's That might be a little bit of a snub, don't you think? Not even one? Come on, it's the Lions, Lou. I mean, I mean they're <laughs> going to be better this year. They're going to be on hard knocks. They put them on hard knocks. But does that mean that they automatically make the playoffs because they're on hard knocks? I mean, that's... No, 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 nothing like that. But Jesus, throw them a bone, a Thursday night game? Come on. I like where the Lions are headed. I think they're drafting well. They're getting good people. And Dan Campbell is is coaching that team. And they're playing hard. And I think they'll continue to do this. But the Lions are still, you know, a year or two away. But I do think the team is going to be better this year. I don't think this is a team that's just going to win three or four games. I think this team is going to be closer to six or seven. And that's already a stepping stone for the Lions. Yeah, I just think, you know, there's some excitement there, obviously, with Hutchinson coming in. They trade up for Jamison Williams. Amon Ross St. Brown came on last year, had a great rookie season. I don't want to say ineptness, but kind of the team around him wasn't that great. And Jared Goff had a so-so year, had some moments. Anything above, you know, just the, the normal, I guess, just grayness around that, if grayness is a word, around that franchise, any glimmer of hope you would think they'd want to, you know, capture a little bit and run with. But again, I guess just my point is that I thought maybe they get at least one primetime game, you know, from an interest perspective, maybe early in the year featuring some of these young players that they do have. I think, you know, schedule-wise, you know, again, I think we, you had it, you know, Bills, you know, being in that first game against the Rams, you know, right off the top, I would imagine two Super Bowl favorites right there. I mean, unless I haven't looked at the lines lately, but, you know, maybe Tampa Bay is going to be up there in the NFC, but the Rams are going to be 1-2 either way, and the Bills certainly are going to be, you know, a top favorite in the AFC, and right off the bat, you get Josh Allen against Matthew Stafford. So that that was pretty cool to see. But as I mentioned, the, the four o'clock windows that don't they don't get a lot of shine because everybody wants to talk about Sunday night football. 
football, Monday night football games, and so forth. But, you know, just going down through the schedule, right, you know, right in week one, the Chiefs are in Arizona. So you get the ex-Texas Tech quarterback against his coach. Uh, Green Bay at Tampa Bay a little bit later in the month. Bills, Chiefs, Chiefs, Niners, Niners, Rams, Rams, Bucks, Packers and Dallas. You know, the McCarthy Bowl, if you will. Rams later on in the season with just about any matchup you have in the NFC West. Uh, Rams, Chiefs late in the season. Bengals at the Bucks late in the season. So really, I mean, you're looking at the schedule. If teams stay healthy, it's going to be a pretty crazy year and very competitive. So, day three picks. Day three consists of uh, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. A lot of these guys we may have discussed in different topics throughout the shows, but I'll start off, you know, I'll just go right at the top. Day three, fourth rounders. My three favorite ones from round four, all offensive players, of course. That's just my, my DNA, I suppose. But I know one of your favorite players, Alex, Charlie Kolar, the tight end out of Iowa State, uh, went a little bit later in the round to the Ravens. Really like that pick. Uh, they followed up with Isaiah Likely, which could have easily been on this list too. And then also Romeo Dubs, wide receiver from uh, Nevada, going to the Packers, also a late fourth round pick. And then another wide receiver, Calvin Austin the third from Kentucky going to Pittsburgh. I think all three of these guys have a chance to play and play a lot right off the bat. Kolar, you know, again, they've got Andrews there. Like I said, they drafted likely, so I don't know how much playing time he's going to get or opportunities he's going to get in the red zone, but I think he's going to come in and be a big part of that machine when they go to the 12 and 13 personnel. Dubs is going to have a great opportunity with Green Bay. They really don't have, I don't even know if they have a number one receiver. Can you rely on Christian Watson right off the bat? So Dubs is going to have a great opportunity. And we know what Pittsburgh does with wide receiver pick later in the draft. So Calvin Austin from Kentucky, Dynamics, smaller player, but I think he's going to get a lot of run there in Pittsburgh. So those are my three guys from the fourth round. It's amazing, Lou. We've got the same three players. I, I picked out the same three players for round No, round. come on. Telling you how it is. I've... We are like an old married couple. The longer we're together, the more we think. God knows we'll start to look alike soon. Grumpy old men. <laughs> that's what we are. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned before that Kolar was my favorite tight end out of this draft. Just long arms, big hands, you know, low four sixes he ran. And he makes plays over the middle. He makes a lot of contested catches. I think he's going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups because Andrews is going to be the main target in that offense. But I think Kolar is, is going to have a chance there. Romeo Dubs, I mean, he led the FBS and with nine touchdown catches on post routes over the past two seasons. I love the fact that he can stretch the field. You know, a lot of people talk about Christian Watson. Wow, I mean, he's a, he's a big target for the Packers. He's got great speed. You know, Dubs didn't test because he had an injury. But the fact that he can be a vertical threat for Aaron Rodgers is going to go a long way. He's got the big hands. He doesn't drop passes. You know, he's got good body control, and he adjusts well to those deep balls. So I think Dubs is going to be one of those sleepers. And I also like Calvin Austin, and he's going to give you help as a returner, and that's going to be huge, not only as a slot receiver, but also as a as a specialist on kicks and, and punt returns. So, hey, we've got the same players. Great minds think alike. 
That is kind of scary. And again, as oh, this is this is not fixed. We don't look at each other's lists beforehand. We didn't even talk about it. So that that is kind of spooky. All right, so let's go to the fifth round and test this theory and see where we're at. Uh, right at the top of the fifth round, favorite pick of the fifth round is, is Sam Howell going to uh, the Commanders, Washington. Right at the top of the fifth round, where he fell to. I mean, here's a guy that maybe you know if he comes out the year before. Or at least maybe not in that particular draft class, but you know he's being talked about before this season as maybe a top five pick. But having lost all those offensive weapons, the line, they changed the way they played. He falls to the fifth and maybe a perfect situation because there is nothing absolutely expected of him. I mean, you've got Carson Wentz ahead of him, so there's no expectation to play. He can come in and learn. You Hell, you got Taylor Heineke now still there and solidly in his number two. And I just think that's a perfect place for him. Maybe next year he does elevate himself to the number one position. Uh, next one I had is a guy that fell again because he ran slow 40, Kyron Williams, that was a great running back at Notre Dame. I mean, to me, as far as, and again, I didn't study all of them, but in terms of just watching him play, the contact balance, being able to read defenses, I think he's gonna kind of a sneaky player here because you only got Cam Akers in front of him. Uh, Sony Michelle's moved on, so I think he's got a great opportunity there with the Rams. And then I'm a homer, but they did it last year with Trey Smith late in the sixth round, I think it was. But Darian Kennard, offensive lineman from Kentucky, I think he's got a real good opportunity. I think some people are thinking of him as a guard. Maybe he is, but with Trey Smith and Joe Tooney there with the Chiefs, I think his best opportunity is going to be playing right tackle for that team. And he may be the day one starter. You know, you got Andrew Wiley there. But but again, I mean, Kennard is just a nasty player along the lines of, of a Trey Smith. Now, he dropped for different reasons. But, you know, I know we're going to talk about him, you know, in terms of the AFC West. But I had to throw him in. Love that player. You love those offensive players, but I'm glad you included an offensive lineman there and not only running backs or wide yes, receivers. Yes, yes. So you can't draft him in fantasy, but yeah, I'd like him. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. So in the fifth round, we're going to be different. I like the kid from Indiana that went to the Giants, inside linebacker, Micah McFadden. You know, he showed good awareness in zone coverage. Uh, picked off like four passes, you know, during his career. I think he's a guy that that chases really well. He's an instinctive inside linebacker. I think he's going to fit well into that giant scheme as an inside linebacker. I also like DeMarco Jackson from App State. He went to the Saints. He's a ranging defender who runs well, you know, covers a lot of ground. He had like 120 tackles in 2021. 19 tackles for loss, 6 sacks, and 6 passes defended. You know, we're talking about a very productive linebacker that can get to the quarterback. And I think that's really important in this day and age. Those will be my two linebackers that I feel like I picked out. And they went to the right team. And I'm going to pick this player just because I thought he was going to go a lot higher. And we talked about the fit last week. It's Tariq Woolen. I feel like the, the Seahawks always have a type. And the type is a long corner... You know, a guy that has size, that can cover a lot of ground in their scheme, but he also has great speed. That defense, you know, Pete Carroll and that defensive staff, they're going to get this guy. I mean, he's raw. He only played two years at UTSA. 
as a cornerback because he was a wide receiver before. But I just think they're going to coach him up, and the fit is just great. And I have a feeling that Woolen is going to be one of those guys that we're going to talk about as a steal in the fifth round just because of the team that he went to. Yeah, a ton of speed, a lot of pub coming out of the process, especially after the combining what he ran, the 40. All right, so let's go to the sixth round. And, you know, they, they say that Philadelphia and the, is the city of brotherly love, but I, I think Pittsburgh is, is right there, also in the state of Pennsylvania. So my first player is Connor Hayward. They have him listed as tight end, uh, H-back type. He's going to play a lot of different positions for this team. I think he's going to play on special teams. He's going to spell Najee Harris at times. I think he has the ability to do it. Not like he's going to be a great tailback, but I think you know he can certainly spell him at times. But in terms of brotherly love, this is now, I believe, the fourth set of brothers. That's good. This has got to be some kind of record, right, for the Steelers. You got the Davis brothers, Carlos and Khalil, the Watts, the Edmonds, and now the Haywards. Four sets of brothers on the same team. The fact that there's four in the NFL, and I'm sure there, I'm sure there are others, but four of them now on the Steelers. But Connor Hayward, really nice player and some sneaky speed as well. He's going to be used in a lot of different ways, and he's going to be very valuable, I think, right from the beginning. And then the other one, I just had a second one in my first defensive player, and I'm again, I'm honking for the for the HBCUs, James Houston from Jackson State edge rusher. Well, we talked a little bit about the lines and some of the exciting players they have coming. Watch out for this kid. He's going to have an opportunity. Again, James Houston, edge player from Jackson State for the Lions. Uh, those are my two favorite picks from the sixth round. We all know you're just sucking up to Dion, right? Evidently, yes. I know you've had conversations with him and he's just been toying with you, the idea to come on the podcast. So, I mean... I know you're trying to suck up to him. I mean, that's that's well, fairly obvious. Well, you know, we have to do what we can. Uh, we've done a pretty good job with uh, with other HBCU players. So, you know, there's, it's not like uh, we're coming out of the blue here. Just kind of staying on brand, man. Yeah, we need you. Dion, Coach we're staying Prime. consistent. Let's do it. Just like you're hyping up the HBCU players, we're, we're doing the same thing. I'm going to go with one guy in the sixth round. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Every time I turned on the film, this guy always flashed. I can't find a reason why this guy went in the sixth round, but I think the Carolina Panthers have found themselves a sleeper as far as I'm concerned because he's going to contribute. That's Amari Barno. You know, he's about 6'5", 245 pounds. He ran a 4'3'6" at the combine and this guy flashes as far as an athlete as far as like speed coming off the edge this isn't a guy that's just a one-trick pony he's explosive he's long and he's a disruptive run defender i think once again the panthers are on to something he really reminds me of like brian burns but burns went in the first round i want to add this a couple of years back barna went in the sixth round there must be some off the field issues character issues because this kid makes plays, all right? When you turn on the film, you, it's quite obvious that he's kind of, you know, the, this hokey defender that you won't want to have on your team. So I think Matt Rule and that organization got themselves quite a player here in the sixth round. All right, moving on to the seventh round. A couple of guys, again, you, you get to the seventh round. Not that these guys aren't good players and there are plenty of good players that are undrafted free agents but typically teams in using their seventh round pick you're looking at 
uh, special teams, you know, in a lot of cases. And this kid, his story really stuck out to me as well. Name is Tariq Carpenter. He's a linebacker from Georgia Tech. Good size, good speed, always around the ball. But, you know, they did a feature on him. I think it was on NFL Network. Uh, his mom is, had been military, had been in uh, the Middle East, a lot of battle. Came back, though, you know, PTSD, uh, survived a suicide attempt. And this kid was just, I mean, just the maturity that he showed, you know, just from a personal level. So, you know, uh, they're getting a lot of integrity here. You're getting a character kid. Then you watch him play, and he's a pretty damn good player, too. So uh, I think he lands in the right spot with the Packers. Good organization. He's going to play probably special teams to start off, but Tariq Carpenter, again, linebacker from Georgia Tech. And then my other one, I think I may have mentioned him last week. Again, Penn State guy. So I'll end with two defense, three out of my last four defensive players. So you got to give me some love there, Alex. Uh, Jesse Lucada, the outside linebacker for Penn State going to Arizona. Maybe you'll see him on special teams to start out. You think he's going to make the team because they draft him. You never know. But I liked his game as a player at Penn State. So let's see what he can do with Arizona. But again, you probably look for him on special teams to start out with. I'm going to go the Coastal Carolina defender that went to the Cincinnati Bengals in the seventh round, Jeffrey Gunner. Uh, he knocked Zach Wilson like to the ground a couple of times when they played when he was a junior, and that kind of stuck with me. I mean, this guy plays with a lot of passion. This guy's got a nonstop motor. He's very quick. He's got active hands. You know, he can line up as you know as a defensive end, but he can also drop into coverage. That's what he showed during his uh, Chanticleer days. So he might be on the lighter side because he's about 6'3", 258 pounds, but I think he's going to find a, a home with the Bengals there. So that's the defender that I wanted to focus on. And let's go Brock Purdy. That's all I'm saying. Like um, I'm pulling for that kid from Iowa State. I think he's got a shot. I think he could play for, for the next eight to ten years, and he's going to the right team. He's going to a team that knows how to develop quarterbacks. Well, speaking of development, I guess that's the big part here. I guess an important part of the NFL that we really don't focus a lot on is teams that when they draft these players, for the most part, I mean, they're in their early 20s. So, you know, some guys are going to develop a little bit later than some. I mean, that's why you see some of these small college guys that were like one-star, two-star recruits coming out of high school all of a sudden well geez where did he come from and teams do a great job of developing players some teams and then some that normally are picking at the top of the draft don't do a very good job of it at all and are constantly chasing their tails in free agency and high draft picks that they're trying to bring in just to kind of get their program going but the teams that do it the right way are the teams with these middle to late round picks develop those guys into starters and not necessarily you know come in with a lot of you know hype and pub behind them but you know they can recognize the potential moving forward so we move to the AFC West Again, a couple of these teams didn't have first-round picks. One of them didn't even have a second-round pick in the Raiders. Uh, so let's start off with the Raiders right off the top. you got to include Devontae Adams in their draft, right, because they gave up you know, their first and second-round pick. I don't know that I can really speak to many of the picks that they made, but I will speak to one of them in the running back from Georgia, the other running back, and he was the starter. He went after... Uh, James Cook did, but Zamir White. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option on Jacobs, first-round running back from Alabama. So you don't know, you know, how they really feel about him. 
you know, you've got Josh McDaniels coming in here. It comes from the Patriots where, you know, they're always running through like three, four, five running backs at a time. So you know that this kid's going to get some runs. So that's really the, the one player that I can look at and say, hey, he's got a real shot. As far as everybody else, yeah, I mean, they're kind of filling in some gaps, but nothing really stood out to me as far as the Raiders go. But I, I'm sure Alex has got something a little bit more for us for that. I like the the two defensive linemen that they drafted on day three. Neil Farrell out of LSU. He's a very good run defender. He's got active hands. Yeah, he didn't put up the the huge numbers there for the Tigers. But again, he's a guy that fills the gaps, and he can be a good run defender for them. Matthew Butler in the fifth round out of Tennessee, he's a different player. He's got really good speed, and he's an interior pass rusher. And he has active hands as well. And I think he can play inside. He can play outside. So I think, you know, he's got good size as well, like 6'3", 300 pounds. So I like those two players. I like the fact that the Raiders tried to improve, you know, their defensive line as a whole. And I think they got themselves a couple of unique players there as far as uh, defensive tackles are concerned. Plus Devontae Adams and all of a sudden the draft grade, if we were giving grades, would would certainly go up. Another team, you know, Denver, got to add Russell Wilson to the mix because that was where, you know, a lot of their draft picks went. But still, picking at the bottom, we talked about him last week at the bottom of the second round. Nick Benito, I thought, was an awesome pick for them at 64 to get, you know, one of the top, I would say, top 10 edge rushers in the draft. Late in the second round, I thought that was a really good pick. Dulcich, the tight end from UCLA, is obviously going to be an upgrade. They traded Noah Fant there. And then Damari Mathis, the cornerback from Pittsburgh, again, I thought was a was a great pickup. Pitt corners have always turned into pretty decent NFL players. Some you know, maybe the best of all time, but uh, that's for another day. But uh, I thought they did a real good job with those first three picks. And then you throw in Russell Wilson, thus... You've got your, you know, five primetime games and a lot of talk where, hey, maybe they even win this division. Well, considering that you mentioned the Broncos didn't have a first round pick, I thought they did really well by adding value. I want to mention one more guy in the fifth round out of Samford, a wide receiver. He's a really good returner, Montrell Washington. He can help on punts. He can help on kicks. That's the reason why he went in the fifth round, not because he was an overwhelming wide receiver at Samford, but he's a heck of a returner. I think the Denver Broncos got themselves like a really special player in that regard. All right, so now let's take a look at the Chargers, who uh, last year obviously hit uh, hit a home run with uh, Rashawn Slater. So they come back this year again, upgrading the offensive line with Zion Johnson from Boston College, who can play you know different positions. But again, you got to protect your franchise. You got to protect your young quarterback. Obviously, Telesco has really got his. Uh, priority set here. Didn't have a second round pick. They got third round JT Woods. Again, speed from Baylor in the back end. Derwin James bring in JC Jackson. I mean, they this whole division obviously is very scary, but uh, this team is really, really on the cusp of something great, I think. And then Isaiah Spiller, they've been kind of fooling around with different guys behind Eckler, but you know maybe Spiller's got a chance here to 
put his himself head and shoulders above the other backs because you know they can do so many different things with Eckler. The guys that they've had behind him, you know, they, they'll show flashes here and there, but no one's been that consistent. Justin Jackson, you know, mentioned you know, a couple of the other guys, but Isaiah Spiller, I think, may have a chance here to really grab that backup role and do some good things for them. He's got to improve ball security, which was a huge issue for him when he was with the Aggies, and he didn't run well, but I'm I'm not scared of that. I mean, he doesn't have great top-end speed, but you can't cough up the football and hope to uh, get a big-time role as a running back at the next level. I would say Zion Johnson. I mean, he was was my favorite pick out of all of them. He's a five-year starter. He's played tackle. He fits a guard for them, but I think the Chargers... They have a need at right tackle. I wouldn't put it past them. Last year, I criticized the Chargers for taking Rashawn Slater that early because I didn't think he was a left tackle, okay? He proved me wrong. So I see Zion Johnson as a guard at the next level, but you know what? Telesco knows best, so I'm sure he's going to play right tackle for him. So they keep upgrading the offensive line and, you know, trying to keep their big man, you know, Justin Herbert upright. So they're doing something right. The Chargers need to make the playoffs. It starts in the trenches, and they, they certainly have solved that issue as far as I'm concerned with the last couple of drafts by getting a couple of really good offensive linemen. Okay, I purposely left the uh, Western Division champs for the last five or six years, however long it's been. And I've talked, about, I think, about each of their draft picks, how much I like them and so forth. So I'm not going to continue to gush over this draft. So rather than do that... Alex, maybe just a, a, a tidbit on each of the players they took and what, what you thought of the draft. For the Chiefs, that is. I didn't know if I mentioned that. Well, you can't go wrong when you draft a, a Washington Huskies corner anywhere in the draft. And obviously, that's where the Chiefs went with their first-round pick. You know, he's got smooth hips. He's got good speed. Yeah, he's got short arms, but he plays the run like a linebacker. I mean, McDuffie is a heck of a player as far as I'm concerned. And Veach obviously really, really liked him. To me, he's a day one starter. Karloftis, I'm not a big fan of his, okay? But this is the pick that they had to make. He's an explosive guy. He's got burst. He's got power. He's a pretty good run defender out there. Let's see if he can prove me wrong. But I think at the end of the first round, that was good value. Sky Moore, we all know you gushed about him. He's got large hands. Flex the ball really well. He's a good open field runner. He's not like a deep threat in that regard, even though he's good at beating press coverage. He's got good speed. He's a guy that you want like going over the middle. That's what he does best. But you could play him inside in the slot. You can play him outside. You know, Brian Cook is a safety out of Cincinnati. Leo Chanel is a linebacker out. Also can't go wrong with the Wisconsin linebacker in the third round. That's the one I wanted to talk about. I don't want to like break ahead, your role here, but that's the one I wanted to talk about Leo Chanel because you hear, you know, Wisconsin linebacker and the immediate thing that follows that is downhill, thumper, cleans up, makes a lot of tackles and so forth. But I look at this kid as a little better athlete than than you would think. Maybe he can be a little bit more of a chess piece than say again the typical like I said downhill thumper and then you just think that okay he's a slow guy that makes a lot of tackles no look he's a sideline to sideline run defender 
but he ran really well at the combine, and he's really good rushing the passer. And I just think that the Chiefs can use him in that regard as an off-ball linebacker. That's his specialty. I think he's going to be that blitzing option, that pass rush potential, and I think that's where the Chiefs are going to use him here early on in his career, especially as a rookie. All right, he's got the size. He's about 6'2 250 pounds. I think that's where his biggest value comes in. In my opinion, watch out for this kid on those obvious passing downs, on third downs. He is going to be, like you said, a chess piece in that regard. Joshua Williams, a cornerback out of Fayetteville State. Obviously, we've interviewed him. He's got the size. He's got the long arms. He high points the ball. He's got good speed. You know, this was an interesting move by the Chiefs because I think this kid is raw, but he's got a lot of potential. Remember, this kid went to the Senior Bowl, okay? And that's the reason why he was drafted here in the fourth round because he held his own. You mentioned Darian Kennard, offensive lineman from Kentucky, going in the fifth round. You know, Jalen Watson in the seventh round. Pacheco, the running back from Rutgers, going in the seventh round. And Johnson from Marshall. I want to mention him. He was the last pick. But he's an undersized safety. But he's got very good speed. And I just think that he can help on special teams. I think this kid is going to make the roster. Because he's all over the field. He's going to make a lot of tackles. And I think that's where he's going to have to carve out his niche. That's probably my my favorite safety out of Marshall in the seventh round. Out of those seventh round picks that the Chiefs had. The division is going to be must-see every game. Again, Wilson, Mahomes, Carr, Herbert, you know, just to mention the quarterbacks. But every team, I could save the Chiefs, also have, like, elite pass rushers. And some of them have two, right, on those on those teams. Like the Chargers with Mack and Bosa, that, that shouldn't be, like, fair or legal. But here we are, Chubb and Gregory. But uh, for the Raiders... You got Chandler Jones. You got Double X on the other side, Max Crosby. So, uh, yeah, I think all these games, I mean, every week. The Chiefs have had just an amazing run against this division. Not just winning it, but their just overall record in the division has just been ridiculous. And if you look at Mahomes specifically, it's going to be near impossible to keep that up. So you're telling me the Chiefs are going to finish fourth and they're going to miss the playoffs, right, in this division? You know what? I mean, one of these teams has got to finish fourth, right? I mean, it, it want, and one of these teams is probably going to go like eight and nine. Something bad is going to happen. I'm not ready to, to go that far at this point, but this division's not going to be the cakewalk for them that it's been over the last few years. Now, the games have been tight. The Chargers games have been getting much closer and actually losing uh, to them on a couple of occasions. But obviously, it's not going to be as easy. And the Raiders, they've owned. The Broncos, they've owned. You know, So it's going to be a lot tighter and the margin for error much smaller, especially with now the AFC West playing the NFC West. Chiefs' extra game is against Tampa Bay. It's not an easy schedule. I mean, if, if there's a tougher schedule in the NFL, I want to see it. But uh, a lot, there's several of them. And I'm sure each of these teams is going to have one of the hardest schedules in the NFL because they play each other twice. Just as in the or the NFC East, those teams all have, you know, the easiest schedules in the NFL because they do play each other twice. So it's going to be really exciting. 
mentioned some of those star matchups. So really excited for this season. It's going to be different. A lot of new new faces and new places. A lot of rivalries are going to be enhanced. It's just going to be great. And like you said before, Alex, you've got all these you know, NHL, NBA playoffs going on. Uh, but somehow USFL games are getting ratings. Uh, the NFL offseason between the draft, the schedule release, free agency, you know, ratings are beating some games in other other leagues. So just a great time to be a fan. And uh, I think that's pretty much you can say that 365 days a year. AFC West is going to get three teams into the playoffs. I think it'll be the Chargers, the Broncos and the Chiefs. I'm going to go on record in the middle of May and say the Chiefs will not win this division. I think the Los Angeles Chargers will finally peak in year three of Justin Herbert. I just think they're primed. I mean, like you mentioned, Bosa, Khalil Mack, helping the offensive line, you know, getting those bookends. They've got one of the best quarterbacks, forget about young quarterbacks, in the game. And then they've got weapons of wide receivers still it's going to be hard. I mean, I can't imagine like the Chargers not winning this division because I think they are the best team. You know, again, you're going to have a lot of close games. You're going to have some shootouts. I mean, you just got to believe that. As good as the you know the Chargers defense uh, looks, and as as good as the coach you know coach did with with the Rams defense. I mean, he brings in a guy like you said uh, in Khalil Mack that he knows from when he was an assistant in Chicago. You got Bosa there, Derwin James, healthy in the off season and, and ready to rock and roll. Uh, J.C. Jackson, they bring in. I mean, there's a lot. Lot of upgrades there so yeah i mean these games are going to be close so it's going to be real easy for any one of these teams if they just fail to execute a couple of times in a game to you know lose a bunch and they'll still be one of the better teams in the nfl but because they're beating each other up maybe the records won't look as good and any one of those teams could certainly fall to fourth i i don't have any question about that you're just going to have to execute in close games and be healthy bottom line And it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh McDaniels is going to regret leaving the Patriots because I don't know why the hell he left and decided to become a Raiders head coach because this division is stacked. I mean, there's no way you can win in the next couple of years, all right? You've got a good enough team, but I just can't imagine like the Raiders competing with those three other teams and those three other quarterbacks. All right, gang, that's the AFC West. Day three picks, our favorite picks there. And uh, next week we'll go on to another division. But uh, that's going to do it for us for this episode of Pros Like Us. For my partner, Alex, I'm Lou. Please subscribe to get the opportunity. Until next time, peace.